they say people who cuss are just smarter. So bloop, I guess. Be advised. Hey y'all, I'm Jen. I'm from Oakland and I'm a queer black feminist scholar. This is Darren, hailing from the mean streets of Anaheim. I'm an introvert, a novelist, and a nerd. We're early 30-somethings with three kids and over a decade of marriage. This is a podcast about the realities of blackness and adult life. We do adult differently. This is That Black Couple. Hello. Greetings. Greetings. Tis us. (laughs) We back. Are we? Because we said that last time. I know, but but we are back. We're, We're back again. Mm-hmm. We just keep fucking leaving. I know. It's really bad. But greetings, y'all. This is Jen. And this is Darren. And this is that black couple. And you should probably sit down. It's cold as fuck here. We in Chicago. It's that polar vortex. It's like it's like the lingering effects. Um, excuse me. We are post polar yeah, it's vortex. The, it's like it's like with the earthquake. It has aftershocks. With the polar vortex, it's like nigga a polar like whirlwind. Post polar vortex in chicago is just called wednesday true okay so it's it's a day ending in day in chicago and it's cold so get you a hot toddy or something and a blunt you know and get warm stay indoors stay indoors well shit if you're in california or florida you should be fine it's they said it's like cold six. they said it's like 50 degrees they're like yeah, it's, it's like cold. 60 degrees and like brr I wish I could have a 60 degree day. Do you know how naked I would be? I they got to put on windbreakers. I would be outside and I would be bucket ass naked <laughs> if it was 65 degrees. Okay. So anyways. So this is episode 21. We're in season two of That Black Couple. And this episode is called It's the New Year and I Ain't Changing Bleep. So we can't say shit because that won't work on the internet. Why can't we? Because we can't put I Ain't Changing Shit all over the internet. Well, you just said it, so see, it's fine. Yeah, but I'm saying when you publish it, oh, so you got to put the little like, asterisk thing, like the pound sign and the. But for the people who point. listen, they'll know it's I ain't changing shit. Well, the, it's the new year. I mean, they already heard the. I'm talking about people who are gonna read it on SoundCloud. Stop interrupting my introduction. Let me start over. Don't listen to Darren, y'all. This is <laughs> episode 21, the ninth episode of season two of That Black Couple. It's called, It's the New Year and I Ain't Changing Shit. There we go. Thank you, Darren. Okay? So, like I said, grab yourself a hot toddy, grab you a blunt, you know, have a seat, get comfortable, unless you're driving, don't drink and drive, and don't do what I just said if you're driving. If you're listening to this at home, do exactly what the fuck I just said. Okay? Now, what we want you to do before we get started is make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at that BLK couple on Facebook at that black couple and look us up on the internets at www.thatblackcouple.com. All of our episodes are available on Google play, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, all the places you want to find all your favorite podcasts. That's where you can find us and you have to rate us high and you have to leave us great comments because We're working really hard to produce these episodes for y'all. 
out of the love and graciousness of our heart. The who's graciousness? The graciousness of our heart. Oh, because you missed the shush. It sounded like graciousness. I might have, I might have been too low in the baritones. Baritone. Maybe it the, was in the, it was in the graciousness of it, our hearts. Your ears couldn't pick up that depth. It was in a voice. It was in the graciousness. But it's, I'll, I'll say it higher with the graciousness. Oh, got you. Of our hearts. Oh, graciousness. And so we would appreciate if you return that love and graciousness back to us. <laughs> got it. Okay. So you annoying. <laughs> <laughs> so we ready to get this episode started. Go. We're gonna talk about the new year. I'm ready. I mean, it's February. Well, this this is this is actually the perfect time to okay. talk about the new year. I agree, because now people don't had a month to fail mm-hmm. at all their resolutions. They 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 went to the gym a few times and they're and like, stopped. hell no, this is trash. They tried that diet and said, I'm hungry. They're like, I'm so hungry. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, okay, let's get real. They said, I'm stopped drinking, and they said, well, I need a drink. But drinking is fun because it's you know right, and sometimes you just need a drink. Okay, yeah. So let's go. We gonna get started. Let's go. Let's start with first things first. Okay. All right, so basically this episode came around because anybody who knows me personally or who has followed our blog, Water Cooler Convos, knows that every single year, November, December, we start hyping up about New Year's resolutions. We start talking about all the things that we've done in the year and things that we're proud of and things that we're looking forward to doing in the next coming year. And so we do these, sometimes we do sequential posts. We do like oh, you know, things that I want to get better at, like discernment and like making sure I have fulfilling friendships. And, you know, we do all these things. And in the last two years or so, I've really been kind of like steering clear of that. And last year, I couldn't figure out exactly why it was that I didn't want to actively engage in the process of making resolutions. But this year, I saw a tweet from Roxanne Gay that actually really helped me to kind of think clearly about what it was that was making me not want to actively engage in the process of creating New Year's resolutions. So the tweet, she sent it out on December 19th. Uh, It was at 12.26 p.m. So you can go and find it. We'll also link it uh, in the show notes. And we also have an article on Water Cooler Convos where where the tweet is posted as well. It says, I am not doing a single thing differently in January. I am not giving up shit. I resolve nothing. I did difficult self-improvement all year, so I am not exerting myself further than absolutely necessary. And I saw that tweet, and I damn near fell out my chair. It spoke to your heart. It spoke so deeply. It went into my heart, and then it went down into my lungs, and it was like circling around, you know, like, you know, when Pocahontas was singing about the colors of the wind. Oh, and the, and the leaves were blowing around And the, the raccoon was dancing with her. Mm-hmm. And all the colors was coming out. And it did that in my belly, you yeah. know, and my spirit was gratified. My spirit was full. And I said, fuck that shit. I ain't doing shit. Like, I worked my ass off in 2000 and motherfucking 18. Like, Trump was in office. We had to deal with his ass every day. Every day. I was black every day. I was queer every day. I was a woman every day. I was broke most days. Some days I felt a little bit like a hair above broke. And then you were reminded. But then I was like, but then my bank account was like, girl. (laughs) My bank account was like, (laughs) so funny. (laughs) You know? Because the bank account don't never care. The bank account be like, girl, stop. (laughs) 
<laughs> the bank account will get you together real quick. The bank account will collect your ass and them overdraft fees will collect your ass. And the bank will be like, well, we love you so much. No, we're not going to remove any of these overdrafts. Have a great day. Bless your heart. <laughs> you had surgery? Oh, that's sad. No. <laughs> Oh, you couldn't go to work and you were stuck in a polar vortex? Wow. Mm-mm, girl, no. Thank you for being a valued customer. I'm so glad you let us know. We'll write it down on this sticky note and I'm going to put it in the trash. <laughs> Just in case you were wondering where it's going. <laughs> and like, I was reading Roxanne Gay's tweet and I realized like part of the reason why I was feeling apprehensive about creating resolutions at the end of 2018 was honestly, I was exhausted. I was exhausted and I had like burnt myself out in a lot of respects, you know, working through the PhD program and the job market, trying to finish the dissertation. I had done interviews earlier on in the year. I had had surgery, you know, it's like I busted my ass in 2018. And so then to have to sit down at the end of the year and basically critique myself in such a way to say, okay, well now I got to one up this shit next year. I was like, Oh God. God." You know, I felt like, you know, like, um, soldier boy, like girl, what? Like (laughs) again, next year. I mean, that's how it works though. It's, you know, it's this mass pressure. For us all to basically look at ourselves and say, oh, you know what? This year that you're closing out, that you've tried really hard and you had to fight every day to get through, you really didn't do that good of a job. <laughs> so point out every single thing that you did wrong and say next year you're going to do better. Right. So, so when the calendar turns, that's when you're going to now go into you know, 2.0 or right. 10.0 or 39.0 <laughs> version of you and try to continually better yourself right. as if you didn't just like you said bust your ass the whole last year or right. the last you know however many years of your life trying to be better and, and do better right and also it's to the point where like at the end of the year like there's not a lot of energy left right so like i'm just like damn i'm tired and like what i really want to do right now is rest and not be thinking about how I'm going to like one up myself and make myself a better iteration of myself next year. And, and it actually felt really good to say like, hell no, like I'm not doing that. And I mean, we'll talk later, you know, in the conversation and in our reflection about how this also plays into larger systems of capitalism and neoliberalism and the, like the process of making ourselves in the products, um, the process of self-improvement becoming this kind of like mass uh, mainstream market around how do we kind of like, build ourselves into these like androids these bodies that are up kind of like for um incremental improvement like you know well i didn't do well here here's a product for that or i didn't do well there okay i got a new journal i'm writing in this for that and i'm gonna you know like i i it's that part but it's also like damn a nigga's tired like a nigga's actually out here tired and the world is not set up in such a way where you know folks at the margins can easily kind of just set a goal and be like, I did it, compress it to within 12 months. Sometimes those goals can be very oppressive and they can exactly. feel, they can feel really harsh, you know? And I just don't want to actively engage in that process anymore. Thank you for listening. We are the proud founders of watercoolerconvos.com, a platform at the intersections of blackness, culture, and adulting. 
We started that black couple to dive deeper into the issues facing young black millennial folks navigating the anti-black, anti-queer, white supremacist world today. This podcast is supported by donations and patronage of our listeners and readers of our blog. You should head over there and check out some of the content when you get a chance. If you would like to become a monthly subscriber or patron and help fund our content, sign up at www.patreon.com forward slash watercoolerconvos. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Please consider giving $5 or $10 per month to help us build our platform and grow our organization. We really want to hire new writers and social media people, y'all, but we can't do that without your help. You can also give a one-time donation at www.paypal.me forward slash watercoolerconvos. All donations are welcome. You can stream the show on Google Play, Apple iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. When you listen, please consider hitting that heart button, sharing an episode, giving us a five-star rating, and leaving some dope-ass comments. This helps us with our page views and also gives us more listeners for the show. Thank you so much. Let's get back to the show. All right, y'all. It is time for the conversation. We ready. You ready? I am. Like Tiffany Haddish? Well, I learned if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. So I stayed ready. So therefore, I am ready. I'm glad that you stayed ready. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So here we go. So in the conversation today... You know, this is my favorite part. This is always my favorite part. I know, because you'd be nerding out on this shit. You know, I love I love some stats and some figures Go and ahead, some history boo-boo. and some notes. Go ahead, boo boo. Do your little stat thing. So I want to just talk about the very idea of the New Year's resolution, right? Like, mm-hmm. like why do we even do this? Where did this come from? And then is this even something that's successful? Is this something that even works for people? So I did my research, mm-hmm. you know, as the researcher that I am. That you are. By trade. By trade. I'm paid to do these things. You sure That's are. who I am. And it's your day job and your night job. Yes, it is. It is. It's the 24-hour of the day job. Put a cherry on top. Yes. And so, I did that research. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, where did resolutions come from? New Year's resolutions actually date back to the Babylonians. Okay. They were the first ones that technically did what we are now calling the New Year's resolution. And the way it worked is they had... Kind of at the turn of the year, they would do a big old like twelve day, uh, like a religious festival. It was called Akitu. Ooh. It was when they would crown a new king, um, or they would reaffirm their loyalty to the reigning king. So you know, kind of like the same idea of okay, we're re-upping mm-hmm. or we're making a change, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they also made promises to the gods to pay their debts and return any objects that they borrowed. Wow. So, um, and the idea was that if they kept their word, then their gods would you know, give them favor. Mm -hmm. And if they didn't keep their words, they would fall out of God's favor. Wow. Right. And so if you, and so funny when I read that, I thought it's so funny because that's really how we treat these resolutions. It's like, I'm drawing this line in the sand. I'm going to lose 10 pounds. And if I don't, and if I don't, then I'm just a complete failure. I'm the worst person in the world. I'm I'm worth nothing. (laughs) I can lose 9.8 pounds and that other point too. Nothing. You know, like, (laughs) but it it makes sense. It makes sense. That's kind of the baseline. Mm -hmm. That's kind of, the, the foundation that the whole resolution is built upon. Now, when we think about resolutions, I, I looked up, okay, well, what are the most common things that people decide are go- they're going to do better for in the new year? Mm-hmm. Number one, you can probably guess. Health. Health, mm-hmm. right? So I'm going to go on that diet. I'm going to exercise, you know, 10 times a day. I'm going to lose 30 pounds. I'm going to stop smoking. I'm going to stop drinking, you know, those type of things. Okay. I'm gonna, you know, wellness. Right. That's the number one. 
behind that, people say they want to read more. Mm-hmm. They say they're going to save more money. They say they're going to get that new job. Mm-hmm. They say they're going to learn that new skill. They're going to spend time with their family and their friends, right? Mm-hmm. Now, realistically, do we really need the change of the year <laughs> to to set any of those goals? Right. This is like, the thing you do every day. Like, like if it's June and you're like, oh, I should really stop smoking. Do you do you really say, well, I'm going to wait until December 31st, y'all, because that's the new year. And that's when I make my resolution <laughs> to be better. Like these are these are things that you should be kind of taking stock of on a daily basis. Right. 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 Like we, we need to it's that idea. Of we need to stop hanging all these things around like the turn of the calendar. It right. just doesn't make sense. Right. It's very arbitrary. And honestly, it really doesn't even make sense as well, because the research says that about 80 percent of people are going to fail. Those new resolutions. Okay, that's really sad. By February. Oh my gosh. So not even just fail. <laughs> they they're not gonna make it a month. Oh, no. I'm only laughing because it's February and I feel like people listening to this like That's why I was like, this is the perfect <laughs> time to talk about this. Cause I'm sure everyone listening has already done failed their new year resolution. Face, like, <laughs> <laughs> that's just how it because because the idea of this is the moment. Yeah. I have to capture it in this moment. It's just not realistic. It's not how human beings work. Yeah. It's nice to kind of hold ourselves to a standard and try to keep ourselves accountable. But like we said, you hold yourself to that that standard and then you fail. Right. Okay. So I want to talk about this because I feel like there are going to be some people who listen to this and go, oh my gosh, like, why are you downing people for trying to improve themselves? Why are you like trying to make it seem like it's not good to set goals and aspirations and things like that? So I want to make it very clear. Mm-hmm. Like I am all about self-improvement. Like I think that if people are working to have better friendships and relationships, if they're working to, you know, improve their health, they really want to make sure that they can, you know, breathe better and that they walk faster and that they can get up a set of stairs. And there's certain type of metabolic and physiological changes that they're looking to make with their bodies that are not based on someone else's gaze or something like that. Like, that's fantastic if those are things that people want to do for themselves. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that, right? Right. What I'm trying to say is that there are certain ways that we set these time limits, first of all, that aren't realistic, right? So anybody who's worked in, like, corporate America has learned about, like, how we set, like, goals, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So some people will say, like, you use the STAR method or whatever, or, like, you have to have things that have, um, like, a timetable that's realistic, that are relevant. Like, when you set goals, they have to have a certain number of kind of measurable outcomes and all this stuff. And, like, that's really tactile and logistic, and that's great. But I also feel like part of that is, like, we are not tasks. Like, we are human beings. And we fuck up. And we don't do stuff perfectly. And we have to also forgive ourselves when we are not perfect. That's the part that I struggle with is like a lot of times when we make these resolutions, like I'm going to lose a certain amount of weight or I'm going to hang out with my friends or whatever. I'm going to do, I'm going to get this job or whatever. It's like, first of all, a lot of those things are not actually within our control, right? Mm -hmm. So like losing weight is actually really, really, really hard really hard and, this and the is, process is different for everybody yeah i'm this is someone who i mean technically i think i measure as obese and you know i was very much an athlete in high school and i've had three children and my weight has fluctuated drastically in the last decade or so and so like maintaining my weight has been really hard let alone losing weight you know like mm-hmm. actually just staying at one weight has been hard has been a a struggle especially during grad school but then like when we talk about weight we don't talk about the underlying issues like 
stress or mental health concerns or the fact that maybe we're working in a job where we're being mistreated and we're subjected to transphobia and homophobia and racism and sexism and ableism. And it's like, Weight is typically a sign of something else, right? Mm -hmm. If we have excessive weight, it could be a a medical thing. It could be genetic. Some of us just thick. I got a big old booty and some thick hips, and I love my thick hips and big booty, and I don't hope they don't never go nowhere. Nope. Stay. Stay forever. Don't leave. (laughs) Don't leave. And it's like, there's nothing also wrong with that, right? There's nothing wrong with that. And so I'm really, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, there are some resolutions that we set for ourselves that are rooted in like a kind of self-improvement that's like, I just want to be a better version of me and I want to be a healthier me. And these are realistic goals that I've researched that are attached to like, you know, underlying ways that I want to make myself be feel better and live better. But there are other resolutions that are like, I'm punishing myself because yeah. I'm not living up to what somebody else thinks I should be or like... I just don't like myself very much and I'm not doing the work with a therapist or with other types of forms of uh, resources that could help me to investigate why I feel this way about myself. And the resolutions on the surface look like resolutions, but they actually point to underlying concerns and issues with people not feeling very good about themselves. And that's what I'm more concerned about. I'm like, if there's larger conversations we should be having about how people feel about themselves and the conditions that they're in, the environments they're in, you know, if they're in abusive relationships with people, they have to endure those abusive relationships until the new year and they can decide, no, like, no, like we should be advocating for people to self-improve every single day and hope that people can walk out every single day and try and be a better version of themselves. But also we should be standing up, standing in a gap for people who are having a hard time and recognizing that in our friends and being available and present for that. And for me, the resolutions process, it feels like a, like a test. It feels like a midterm or something. And then at the end of the year, you got to like check and see your work and see if you did good. And that, it just feels like really hard. Well, and I, I think that's the thing that always gets me is the idea of a new year's resolution is always something that's so general, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like we said, it's like, I'm going to lose weight. Or I'm going to get that job or I'm going to, it's almost always some kind of pie in the sky, just, you know, really ethereal goal. Right. And when I did the research, it was saying that's the number one reason that people fail. Right. It was the, the main reasons were that the, the goal wasn't clear. Mm-hmm. Right. So they didn't make like a real concrete goal or just the idea of the goal that you're trying to meet is overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I want to lose 50 pounds. And you're like, oh my gosh, well, how, am I gonna, how am I going to do that? And then. And like you said, it's, you have to you have to have a structured plan for how you're going to meet those goals. And it doesn't have to just be a New Year's resolution. That's any goal. Mm-hmm. That's any goal. There's something about the idea of a New Year's resolution where it's almost expected that we're going to have just some just big goal and that we're not going to actually have a plan for how we how we build it out. Right. A lot of times people also feel discouraged. Mm-hmm. Or the other one that I think that really touches on what you just brought up was that sometimes people aren't ready for the change. Right. And so I, I think that's one thing that's really commonly overlooked. It's like, it's nice that you're like, I want to be a better person. I want to fix this about myself. I want to do this. I want to do that. But you have to also take stock of yourself and say, am I actually really in a place where that's something that's feasible? Yeah. Am I, am I mentally prepared to go after this goal? Do I and have the resources that, and the time? Exactly. And, and 
it's that, like I said, it's that idea of like, oh, we're just all making these New Year's resolutions and you kind of get caught up in this pressure and in this wave of, oh yeah, let's, let me catch that current of, of change and mm-hmm. I'm going to grab on. And, but it's like, you have to look at yourself. You have to make these decisions and these choices for yourself and decide if they are right or if you're just, you know, just going along with the crowd. Also, like, I always think about when people say, I want to spend more time with my friends or I want to do stuff like that. And, like, I think that's beautiful. I'm a person who's very sociable. I'm very extroverted. I'm very empathic. And I get a lot from being around other people, you know. But at the same time, I'd be like, listen, there are times when spending time around other people is not the look. You actually need to think about, like, if that's not something that you need right now. There are ways that we sometimes make ourselves feel like this is something we need to be doing. You know, like, oh, I need to lose weight right now. Maybe you don't. Maybe you need more sleep. Maybe you're just tired. And or- that, that's the other thing, too. And I, I, I've seen this before, too, where people make a make a resolution mm-hmm. and then they feel beholden to the resolution, but they're not taking into account their actual life and whether or not they should stick to that or right. change it or, you know, alter right. it and be, make it something else right. that actually is beneficial. Right. And the opportunity cost of picking a singular resolution over something else. Right. So, like, if I'm like, I want to hang out with my friends, it's like, okay, but what if I also want to be like spending more time painting or going to art galleries or working on my own crafts and hobbies that are not going to be something that I'm going to do out socially with my friends? Then when do I have time for that stuff, too? You know, and I think that there's ways that we sometimes put a kind of premium on certain behaviors Like, I think that's the reason why weight comes up as a number one resolution. And that's why this job or whatever, like these particular resolutions come up because there is a societal premium on how we are supposed to comport ourselves as, you know, neoliberal individualistic subjects. Right. And and that's kind of what I want to really hear your kind of take on Mm -hmm. is this, this capitalistic neoliberal, this neoliberalist idea of how resolutions kind of impact our lives absolutely i mean i think part of the issue that i have with the resolution process is how it's been corporatized right so like there's a lot of corporations where at the end of the year they're capitalizing on our insecurities about ourselves like gyms will be like listen it's time for the new year so get your resolutions together we're gonna cut down the prices and you can come on in and get your membership or whatever knowing full well that most of those people are gonna stop coming at a certain time but they've already got them in the door and so they now them have they have them the contract right mm-hmm. like that is so fucked up because what they're not including in that gym membership is like maybe we should also include services for people who maybe haven't been going to the gym for a while or maybe have never gone to the gym and we can actually include other types of therapy services or other types of you know personal training or stretching or yoga services or whatever things that actually help people transition into long-term gym life like there's not an idea that maybe as corporations and as institutions we should be sensible and responsible in the ways that we participate in this culture of resolution Mm -hmm. making and the reason why i have a problem with it is because it is based on the neoliberal individualist subject the the person that is you know waif thin um wakes up every morning at 5 a.m grinds up their own green smoothie um probably had some prepped food in the fridge Um, runs the block, jogs for like five miles or something like that, then hops in their, you know, energy efficient vehicle, uh, drives just a few blocks to work, uh, works as somebody's manager and probably signs all the checks, treats everyone like shit, of course, and then gets home, you know, to their 2.5 children. They eat something really healthy and green uh, that they just bought from the store that day, Mm -hmm. um, probably from Whole Foods. Foods. Yeah. Yeah. 
and they cooked it that day. Um, and then they all turn in for bed around eight or nine o'clock and they do it all over again. Right. Okay. That's not real. And that's not who we are. That's the quintessential neoliberal subject. And it's bullshit, right? Like our lives don't fucking look like that. And the issue I have with the resolution process is like, I always think about that one like mom who went on the internet and she was like, she had a picture of herself with her like three kids. And she's like, if I can look like this, then any of you moms can. And people were like, bitch, if you don't get the entire fuck. <laughs> she's like, no excuses for you. Yeah. It's like, or like tiger mom or like all these people who come out and they're like, well, if I did it, what's your excuse? And that's the issue with this kind of capitalistic neoliberal process. It believes that if we all simply just kind of pull ourselves up from our bootstraps and we just kind of behave in certain particular ways in terms of citizenship, then we can all end up at the same place. Duh. Duh. And it's like, no, the fuck we can't. Like when we're talking specifically about folks at the margins, I'm thinking black and brown folks, poor folks, queer trans folks, folks who have a long-term history of dealing with trauma, the long arc of slavery, Jim Crow, segregation, redlining. In the U.S., I'm like, first of all, we carry all that trauma with us. It's in our motherfucking bone marrow. It's in our bone marrow. Yep. In the way that we synthesize salt, the way that salt moves through our body is tethered to the trauma that we've experienced. Don't fucking look at me in my motherfucking face and tell me, girl, just get up and go to the gym and drink you a grain smoothie and hop on that treadmill. Bitch, I will knock you the fuck out. Don't play with me. (laughs) And corporations don't give a shit about that. And what bothers me is, and this is something that's also I've been thinking about a lot, is like, there's this like bullet journal culture that's happening now. Mm-hmm. Um, this whole process and no shade to bullet journals. Like I, I like, I like bullet journals. I, I like my journal. I've always journaled since I was a child, but there's like this whole culture around how we're writing things down and how we're archiving our lives. And there's like this kind of judgy thing happening with it. Like mm-hmm. if you're not bullet journaling, are you journaling? Now, listen, I went through a bullet journal phase. You sure did. And I was, I was all about it. Now, the impetus was I just really want to be organized and I want to have my to-do list together and I want to really motivate myself to get things done. Mm -hmm. What also demotivated me from doing that, though, was that competitive stuff. Like you would go on the Internet and you would see people that had calligraphy Calligraphy. across two pages. Beautiful stuff. I'm I'm like, they got like a color coded system. I'm Mm -hmm. like, y'all spending so much time even just putting the bullet journal together. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I don't have that time. Right. You don't I'm have just trying time. to get my life together. Exactly. And so and I bring that up. I bring that up and I bring up Tiger Mom and I bring up that white mom who was like, I ain't got my life together. What's wrong with you? And I bring up this kind of neoliberal individual subject to say, like, resolutions feel very one size fits all in a very not one size fits all world. Yes. And institutions want us to be very one size fits all. And it's like, there are too many nuances and complexities to the ways that we navigate the world, to the way that we've been socialized and experienced the world. And we can't do that competitive shit. We can't engage in this competitive process of resolutions. Like, okay, well, let's all like, and a friend of mine asked me one time to, to be in one of those like lose weight challenges. And I was like, nah, Like, I was like, I'm really proud of you that you're going to do it. And I really support you and everything like that. But I was like, I know how I lose weight. I lose weight really slow. And sometimes I get stressed out or things happen in my life. And I I don't need that pressure. Like, I know there's there's like, you want to be my accountability partner and stuff like that. But I don't know that I actually have the bandwidth right now to engage in that process. And I think it might have been disappointing for her. But at the same time, I'm like, I got to be realistic here. Like, 
I don't want to go through the stress now and the anxiety of sitting here and feeling like I have to compete with everybody. I know how my body works. I know my traumas. I know my stress. I know how I, you know, metabolize and how I metabolize the the pressures of being a graduate student mm. and a mother of three. Not metabolize food. I know how I metabolize life. And so for me, I'm like, we all metabolize our living situations differently. We metabolize our daily stresses at our jobs, our daily stresses with our kids or with our friends or our parents or our partners differently. And so when we walk around like trying to slap on these resolutions without addressing the underlying traumas, I'm like, fuck that shit. Fuck that shit. That's not self-love. That's not self-improvement. Self-improvement don't start based on like looking over at somebody and going, oh, they look good. I hate when people look at me and go, well, you're looking good, girl. So grad school must be treating you well. Nigga, if one more person tells me that, <laughs> I look good despite yes. my experiences, not as a result of. There is not a correlative relationship. It's not like grad school is good, therefore Jen looks good. No, I'm like, I'm working hard to not look like what I go through. And the resolution process to me feels sometimes like it's just a, a veneer. It's just a mask. We're yeah. just finding new ways to just not look like what we're going through. I wish resolutions were like, I'm going to find a therapist or something like I'm going to find a really good group chat for folks who have had similar traumas as me. And I'm going to find a support group so I can work through some of the things I'm carrying around. Or maybe I'm not going to get this new job, but I'm going to find ways to like think about if this is something I actually want to do. If this is a sustainable job I want to have and really think about who I want to be. Is this a job that I even want? Right before I start thinking about getting some random new job that's probably just a promotion in the job that I already have. I want to start thinking about what I actually want to be. What I actually want to do. I'm going to be introspective. I'm going to actually think about who I am. I'm going to develop myself from the inside out. That to me, that's what resolutions should be. And they shouldn't be something that require that you flip over from the 31st or whatever to the first. And that, and see, that, that makes me think of something that I did see recently that I actually kind of thought was a good idea Mm -hmm. where instead of people making resolutions about like, you know, weight loss or exercise or whatever, they basically said, I'm going to try and make this year about a single word. So they said, I want 2019 to be about growth. Oh, I like that. Right. Or I want to be, want it to be about love or, 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 you know, caring or, you know, some, something so that you're not, it's not necessarily a goal where there's a, a, a win lose tie, right? It's basically, I'm just going to try and go into this, this year and try to make this year be about that word. Oh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to just kind of set my spirit on a certain path and I'm going to try to, you know, interact with people with a certain mind frame. And, and that way, if, if you fall off one time, mm-hmm. you, you didn't fail. I want to do that. You want to do that? I think I want to pick a word. You want to pick a word? Did you pick a word? I didn't pick a word. I can pick one now. I could just come up with it on the spot. I think I want to pick a word. What's your word going to be? I think because we're going through so much stuff this year and I've had a lot of fear. And because I'm about to graduate from this PhD and embark on this new assistant professorship at Syracuse. Oh, by the way, yeah, I'm about to be a professor at Syracuse. And I'm graduating. Um, I think I want to pick courage. Because I think that people think I'm courageous and they think that I go into stuff like feeling confident and stuff. I don't. I'd be terrified. Yeah, you do. (laughs) I'd be terrified. I don't really go into stuff very courageously. Um, I just kind of go into it. And so I think I want my year to be about courage. Courage. That's a good one. See, now now I'm feeling the pressure. I mean, you're a writer. You got lots of words in your arsenal. 
Okay, well, my word, um, I think my word's going to be open. Ooh. I'm going to be open to new experiences. You got me making my charade face. Ooh. Opening my heart. I like that. Opening my mind and my spirit. Opening that fridge and making me a grilled cheese sandwich. Yeah, that too. You make some bomb grilled cheese sandwiches, baby. I know. They are Thank so you. good. Thank you. They're so good. I know I used to not be able to. But and now. And I opened myself to the you experience. Opened your, you opened up your heart and mm-hmm. you made me a grilled cheese sandwich. And, and a grilled cheese sandwich poured out. And it's the best. I want you to know that. I like that. Courage and open. Yeah. Okay. That's what we'll do for for 2019. Okay. Like what you hear? You can find my mom and dad, a.k.a. That Black Couple, on the web at thatblackcouple.com. You can find them on Facebook at That Black Couple, and you can find them on Instagram and Twitter at That BLK Couple. If you have questions or comments about the show, Email them at that couple at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. All right, we're back. And it's time for the reflection. So we're going to talk about, I guess, our experiences with resolutions, which is kind of embarrassing because my shit is trash. Mine too. Okay, cool. So have I had failed resolutions? Absolutely. I mean, I've had all the quintessential resolutions. I mean, I think... Before grad school and during grad school, at least in the early years of grad school, I was really focused on weight. And that was primarily because I was having children and I have a heart condition. So um, weight is extremely important in terms of my heart health. And at some point I was like, fuck that shit. I was like, this is my new normal and I'm going to embrace my body in whatever shape, size it is. Um, when I feel good, I feel good. And when I don't feel good, I'll address that. Um, I try to now do like healthy practices. I do, I do Reiki, acupuncture, yoga. Um, I do love going to the gym and I love green smoothies and salad and things like that, but I don't focus now on what the scale says. Um, I really focus on how my body feels, how my clothes fit, how I feel in my clothes. Um, but I've basically failed every weight resolution I ever had, which is part of the reason why I was like, fuck them resolutions, because I realized that they were setting me up for failure because yeah. bodies don't work on uh, annual calendars <laughs> like the resolutions do. I think I've also made resolutions about like reading so-and-so number of books, which is also like complete bullshit. Like I always admire people who are like, I read seven books last month. I'm like, damn. Either you read at the speed of light or you have a very like chill ass life. You got a lot of free time. Because I have three small humans that require so much listening and talking and energy. And like, I would love to be able to like sit down and read a book for leisure. I mean, I have to physically get on a plane or like yet leave my house Mm -hmm. to have the kind of time I need that I used to have to read. So I think part of that obviously is like having kids and like the demands of having children, but also having like full-time jobs and being writers. And, you know, I'm also a PhD. So most of my reading is compulsory. It's required. It's not stuff that I'm like, yay, I want to read this new book by Morgan Jerkins. You know, I have stacks of books from Brittany Cooper, K.S.A. Lehman, Darnell Moore, you know, I have Roxane Gay, all type of books that I've started. And I can't finish because the PhD calls. So those are like, I think my main kind of resolution failures, 
I would say. But at the same time, they've been lessons because I figured out that setting a goal for my weight is unrealistic because the goal should not be about something arbitrary like my weight. It should be about my body and how I feel. And I'm learning that if I go to the doctor and they're checking my vitals and they're checking my, what's the thing called? Cholesterol. Oh, yeah. They're checking how things are working and they're like, you're doing great. That's my new standard. Like my new standard is like, how does the doctor say things are going? And when the doctor says things are great, then I'm like, cool. Because truthfully, like my weight has fluctuated up and down. And there were times where I was a lot lighter on the scale and my body was not doing well. Mm -hmm. I was fainting. I had migraines. I was having issues with my stomach and like my blood pressure was messed up. Like weird things were happening because I was so stressed and overwhelmed with life and I did not have any ways to manage that kind of stress. And so now like the scale might say something different, but when I go to the doctor, they're like, see you next time. Actually, we'll see you a few years later because you're doing so great. So I'd rather take that than have a smaller number on the scale and be damn near incapable of functioning every day. Yeah. I I mean, I've had similar failures. I mean, I've done that book reading one, I don't know how many times Mm -hmm. and fallen flat on my face. I've actually found that when I didn't make a resolution to read read books like that, I actually read more. Right. It's the anxiety. It's the pressure to read. I've I've gotten so much more done. It's 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 hilarious to me that you set yourself up to fail mm-hmm. and then you fail and then when you don't set yourself up then you do immensely well. Yeah. Right? It's that idea of really just trying to do the best all the time mm-hmm. and not trying to hold yourself to some invisible bar. Right. What's also interesting though is I feel like you know we're a little bit behind. We we we're a little bit behind on the podcast. So are we're a little bit behind on you publishing know, publishing things on our blog. You know, yep. we're a little bit behind. A little bit, and and there are real life reasons for that. Yes, you know, life comes, life calls, and though I would love to meet all of my obligations all the time, yeah, it's it's a shifting um, landscape. It is of things, and I've traditionally been the type of person that tries to meet all of the obligations all the time, no matter what, even yeah. when it's not realistic anymore, even when it's to my own detriment. Yeah. Even, even when people say, don't, it's okay. I still try to do it anyway. Yeah. And I, I feel like, I think we're kind of going through a rebirth in that realm. We of are. Being like, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay to take a breath. Yeah. The breath might last a day. It might last a week. It might last a month or three months or six months maybe six but sometimes you need to take that breath you do sometimes you need to recharge sometimes you know not meeting your goals is a, is a good thing. a good thing yeah and i feel like that's kind of where i've come down on new year's resolutions is i need to stop setting so many goals mm-hmm. so many you know lines in the sand so many metrics that i need to hit because you know we're not machines mm-hmm. you know we're human beings and we are not fully in control of our lives as much as we would like to be. And so trying to act like we are is just wrong. Yeah. And it's it's detrimental to us, you know, mentally, physically, spiritually. And so let's stop doing it. You're preaching some words today, babe. You know, I've been meditating. I mean <laughs> I mean, I think that I think that's a good point though, like the idea of unburdening yourself. I think that's true. I think when I when I take the pressure off myself to do certain things, I'm more likely 
to get them done. Yeah. And and you focus more on the things that you actually care about and want to do and and are important. Right. Versus, you know, the noise. And there's so much noise in the world. There is. I mean, I think that's important. I think coming out of this episode, I think, you know, what we're saying is like, if resolutions work for you, if you're good at making timely and achievable, you know, measurable resolutions that are based in, you know, your overall body health and life health and your life kind of lines up to allow you to achieve them. Sure. If that's your thing. But also like if resolutions are something that, you know, you use because you don't really know how else to kind of organize your life because life is hard. And sometimes you don't know if it's okay to take a break. Or if it's okay to not have that goal because somebody else has the goal or someone told you you should have the goal or you feel like, you know, you're not going to be as good a person if you don't have the goal or whatever it is. Like, that's not a reason to make resolutions, right? And so if it's a time for you to rest and relax, like, don't feel bad, you know? And I think we used to punish ourselves Mm -hmm. when we needed time. We used to punish ourselves when we needed a break and we were miserable, And I will honestly say we've gotten through some hard shit in this past two years. And for all intents and purposes, there's some things that we just couldn't do. And we were like, cool. And it's like, I I would love to have the time, but I don't. And I'm okay with it. It's okay. Like, it'll be there when I'm ready. And, you know, at least I can go to bed at night and I can sleep. I can actually get good sleep. I can wake up in the morning and feel good. I don't have the back pain and the headaches. I can walk around every day and I'm smiling and I'm nodding at people. And like, that's more important to me than making myself into a Android so that I can be a neoliberal capitalist subject who is tiger mom or weird mom who measures herself against how many eight pack muscles she has (laughs) or whatever the fuck. I mean, you, you said it like, you know, resolutions are one size fits all and we're not one size fits all. We're just not. And if my size is whatever, larger, rounder, more triangular, rectangular, or whatever the fuck, and doesn't fit in the size that's prescribed for me, I don't give a shit. I just don't fucking give a shit. Like, I need to prioritize my happiness over everything else. Like, black joy is way more important than these raggedy-ass resolutions. Thank y'all for listening. Before you go, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at thatblkcouple. On Facebook at That Black Couple and look us up on the internets at www.thatblackcouple.com. Okay, y'all ready? This is a uh, Jen and Darren original. Y'all ready? <clears throat> a PhD it's really killing me lucky for you that's what I like that's what I like lucky for you that's what I like that's what I like I ain't got no time to think I just wanna lay down and drink lucky for you that's what I like that's what I like lucky for you that's what I like that's what I like I'll take, take that, Bruno Mars.